This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves. In the last episode of Unearthing Art... I know you've talked about Seth Godin before. He kind of straddles the worlds of creativity and then marketing and business. So this quote is from uh, one of his many books. This one is called Lynchpin. And he says, people who tell you that I could paint a painting like that are missing the point. The craft of painting, the craft of writing that email, the craft of building a presentation, those are the easy parts. It's the art and the insight and the bravery of value creation that are rewarded. Boom. That speaks to questioning and valuing what the work, what the true work of an artist is. Because Mm -hmm. I think what he's saying there is there's the craft of the painting itself, the the Mm -hmm. technical skills involved with the execution. But there's this deeper level. It's the insight and importantly, the bravery I love being able to observe a lot of artists. I feel really mm-hmm. honored to have that um, through this process of watching artists grow. And and mm. what I've noticed is that most of the time we have these real limited ideas of what kind of painter we think we are. And I'm speaking for myself as well, mm-hmm. because we've either been taught either a certain way or a certain way to approach things. And a lot of time we limit our possibilities. So mm-hmm. I think we have to first kind of be okay with this image that we have of ourselves as it is now is is just so limited I know that sounds kind of negative but it's so limited it's just through that lens of what we know to this day and the brain decodes what it should do based on the information it has right so Mm. knowing that and knowing that you know we may take courses we may watch an artist on instagram and how they do it and so our brain is decoding what should i do what should i do what should i do and the part that i think i love watching the most is is discovering like new things that we haven't seen that you have to kind of unpack internally and have space to do that and the only way to do that is to quiet the outside noise the only way mm. to do that is to get to know yourself at a deeper level. The other thought I have is that I think when it comes to bravery and beautiful Seth and his way of speaking around bravery is that we may have these ideas that pop up and we're like, yeah, that's that's all cool, but I don't know. I don't know. And so our brain will instantly be like, I'm not sure if that's a good idea because you don't really know that area. Or you're not sure of the outcome. You're not sure the outcome. Or maybe you've tried it and you weren't that good at it. And yeah. you're like, okay, yeah. it could be a flashback of that again. Yeah, you know, so I'm not already good at it. So if, yeah. I, if I try it, I could look stupid or it's not going to work out. Waste of time. Waste of time. I haven't seen someone else do that successfully. So... Yeah. The brain's like, where's the evidence? Totally. Dealing with uncertainty, I think we need to add that to the list yes. of the work that a, of an artist as well. It's, it's such an underrated. Okay, can we just hang on that for work. one quick second? I <laughs> yeah. actually have had this big revelation recently in the true work of really working through an, uh, an artist process or customizing the artistic mm. process is to manage the uncertainty. 
that mm. literally is is the core of what it is because there is the thing I can guarantee certainty on is that there is uncertainty. Like mm-hmm. I can definitely guarantee there is uncertainty through this whole process and it doesn't go away. That's the other part that I think is a little bit of a myth for maybe new artists like it doesn't go away. This uncertainty is part of the process and managing that uncertainty is to me the core of the work in creating our best work. It's the core of our process. It's the Mm -hmm. core of learning how to take risks that you can um, jump into and know that no matter what the outcome is, it's gonna be okay. Mm. Does that make sense? So do you have any thoughts on how we do, <laughs> how we do that? Well, I think... Beck says grabbing her notebook and pencil. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking uh, thinking of you and what you're working through. And, and I was also thinking, sometimes I think we want to take a big bite of something. Like we're like, oh, mm. I got this big thing, you know, and so this idea becomes big in our head. It's kind of like going to the dentist. This is a really bad analogy, but you know, when you're like, I don't want to go to the dentist. It's awful. It's That's our brand now, Michelle. Bad analogies. <laughs> bad analogies. That's <laughs> it. So, you know, and then the end, the dentist is like, I'm just going to clean your teeth or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think yeah, that yeah. we make these big ideas. We're like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. And so we want to take a big chunk out of it because this is like a big thing. We've had a big, and I'm saying this about my own work, by the way. This. So do you think we build it up in our mind? Is totally that what you build it up. I think mm-hmm. we we build up this story of importance. It's important. This is the important work now. I better take yeah. a big chunk and if I don't do a big chunk of it, like if I don't do something important big. in that yeah. moment, it's not um it's not good or it's not valid or um or it's, it's not enough. It's yeah. not enough, blah blah blah. And so I think the key that I feel mm. is best is to take slices of it, slivers, and to deconstruct the big idea. Because I think if we don't deconstruct the big idea, yeah. it will literally stop us in our tracks. Right. Are you with me? Fascinating. Yeah, I think that's 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 fascinating. So how do we take slivers and start working with slivers that we can customize in the moment, in the space, in the week, in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. because then you're... Slivers of our idea of yes. whatever we want to explore um, so that we're not kind of overwhelmed by... It's, it's, a, it's all tied up together, isn't it? Because if you have this big idea of, you know, you have an idea of something you want to explore and what you're trying to do is envision a big finished piece then one you get overwhelmed by the sense of what you have to somehow click your fingers and produce all at once magic fairy dust yeah in one perfect outpouring yes totally and I think what you're speaking into about uncertainty is that having that idea that you have to have this one perfect outpouring greatly ratchets up the risk factor and the fear Mm. factor because then if you fail you failed completely but if you can do the slivers yes then um it's more like small testing 
So you're totally. testing one little bit. And yep. if that one little bit doesn't work, the whole thing hasn't fallen down. <laughs> yes, you're just doing ex- one, ex- one bit exactly. at a time. Exactly. And I think there's another process that um, I haven't spoken to in enough. I want to do a lot more um, speaking into this is the reviewing and assessing of what we've mm. been processing in these slivers so that we can make decisions that don't intimidate us, that don't get overworked, that let us stay spontaneous and curious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I think it's it's a lot of information, like if you look at it as a big picture, it's a lot to process. No wonder it's scary. You know, yeah. it's, it's a lot. So what I'm getting is you're talking very much, Michelle, about the process in the studio so you you might have a vision for a painting and you're saying you can break that into slivers of of particular elements of like paint or charcoal or imagery or whatever parts of that are so is this very much um, an idea that you have around studio practice specifically you know and this is where i think this conversation goes a little bit wider it yes it can be that but i think it's even stepping back further than that because there's things again that we've talked about that are part of the studio practice but we don't consciously think of them as studio practice stuff Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel there again this is kind of more around holistically being an artist so I'm kind of speaking into how do we show up as a holistic artist in our life like it's Mm. it's a part of the whole life as opposed to this separate thing we Mm -hmm. are the artist and I think that there's pieces of that that are like outliers if you will of things that we're processing and taking in that are even beyond the studio of pick up a brush and paint and Mm. these are probably more um, conceptual ideas I suppose or or just I think that our brain is ticking here's what I really think Here's what I really think back. Tell me what you really think, Michelle. I really think our brain ticks over. I don't even know how many like thoughts we have a day. I'd love to, someone probably can tell us what the stats are on that. But I think yeah. that our brain ticks over constantly, way beyond our wildest imagination of thoughts and numbers. And, and so we're processing stuff constantly, mm-hmm. constantly, mm-hmm. constantly, constantly. And so for me... I realize that I'm doing that all the time. And so I'm kind of like almost putting things into buckets of Mm. where things live in my life so that I can move this into another level of a bucket. Is that too big of another weird analogy that I've just gone down? But I think are they, to, are they slivers of things that are going in the bucket? I suppose, so. yeah. I mean, I think, again, this goes into the whole artist thing. But if we're creative creatures, because if you're listening to this podcast, you're definitely creative. Our imagination gets the best of us at most times. Oh, you just, I'm on board now. <laughs> yes. Tell me more. <laughs> you got so, me on board with uncertainty right? and imagination getting the best of me. Tick and tick. <laughs> So if that's the true, that's the true world we live in, yeah. right? We're, mm. we're, we're creative. We're imagining things. We, we literally, like, I can't even tell you how many funny little blips I say to my husband sometimes. And he just looks at me like, she's just seriously crazy, you know, because <laughs> I think that it's it, but it's these little pockets, like it's those good ideas that show up in the showers. It's yeah. like, you know, things that we noodle on 
well, we're like putting butter on toast. You know, it's just stuff that happens in the background that mm. our brain is processing. So how do we take that and use it in a useful way, I think is part of the mm. process. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I'm saying, sometimes it's these little slivers that are outside of the studio that we have to gather up and make sense of as well, because our brain is trying to decode, what the heck do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> Did I just go off the deep end? No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm fascinated because then I can see where you're coming from because then these um, things that are bubbling away and and that our brain is throwing out to us constantly saying, oh, what about this? What about this? What about this? They're little indicators of what we've been talking about, which is mining this really authentic self. That's where the creativity can, like, <laughs> I can, I'm not even yeah. sure, like the extreme creativity, like when we yes. talk about creating something deep from ourselves when we talk about how do you avoid the trap of getting stuck in boxes of what you see other artists doing on Instagram for example well you do that by mining these extremely unique to you gems or mm-hmm. brain brain farts perhaps that are <laughs> <laughs> popping yes. out all day long <laughs> So, yeah, what I love about that is it's about, again, expanding. It's like pulling back the lens. So Mm -hmm. instead of being a telephoto lens on here I am being an artist when I have a paintbrush in my hand in front of the canvas, you know, super wide angle, almost Mm -hmm. fisheye. Like you're being an artist when you're out walking, when you're having a conversation with someone because all of that is is filling that well the bucket as you say of creative ideas and kind of um it's like the the rich compost that you're going to draw upon yeah yeah and I think we really underestimate how frequently our over imagination is either helping or hindering us and probably um I've just become a lot more aware of it in the past few years so I'm not saying I'm an expert as far as like being a over imaginary you know how do I overcome that but I have been paying attention to it a lot more Mm. and um I for me one of my processes to do that is to write things down I know not everyone Mm. likes to write things down um my my writing down will be very different from Beck's writing down, I can assure you. My writing is like chicken scratches and drawings, like they're half drawings, they're half writing. But I think that um, I used to just say, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'll remember that or I'll, you know, get to that or whatever. No, 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 no. I think for me, my brain will completely forget it. So I found that writing it down um, it, it almost makes it come into existence, you mm. know, as part of the process. So even if you feel like you're not working, that's where I'm like, I think some of these ideas we're talking about are outliers, because even if I'm writing down something, it might not feel like I'm working on the thing, the painting, mm. mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm putting things into existence and the brain is yeah. decoding how to process all that. Does that yeah. sound quite deep? It sounds wonderful. I love that. And I can see how taking this idea of broadening the lens as well um, can really empower us in terms of, as you say, the whole the whole a- 
all the aspects of being an artist because we have, again, we can tend to isolate and treat as different parts the time in the studio versus having space and and having that kind of um, work that we do, dealing with uncertainty, getting ourselves in the right (laughs) emotional and mental space. Um, But also then when we are selling our work and going out in the world with our work, coming from my, I, I, I will say this again and again, and sometimes I feel like I'm just a broken record, but you know, coming from my background of having worked with people with various types of businesses in talking about themselves and writing about themselves on their website. And I know we have this shared view that, um, as we've already said, the the best work comes from within, but equally when you go out into the world, the way you share it and talk about it has to come from the sa- that same genuine, authentic source. Otherwise, mm-hmm. there's this disconnect. And so there, what you're saying there about pulling out and having the bigger view so in fact sharing the work is also part of this bigger view of being an artist it's not you make the work and then you go on and become a different person to go and do the you know the marketing the dirty yeah 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 (laughs) or to think about how it fits in the world yeah and I think that that's where sometimes it breaks my heart a little bit because I've done this myself where you don't always know what track you're on when you're making your art. I'm much more aware of that Mm. now. But I think that instead of feeling like you're making this work and then you're like, well, how do I, you know, how do I fit this into this little wedge, you know, and make this work and then you end up watering it down. That's not the case at all. I found that it's actually harder to sell when you try to wedge yourself into a very crowded market. I think that the Mm -hmm. world, um, rewards individualism and creativity and will pay more. Mm. And I think finding that path for how you sell your authentic work is a journey in and of itself. Exactly. Yeah. It's another part of the process. Yes. If, if To be done in a way that realizes the fullest potential. Yes. So we're kind of um, ha- finding a bit of a recurring theme here. We, we talked about, you know, getting slotted into those boxes and, You've, you've broken yourself out of the idea of what you need to be as an artist and you break yourself out of the idea of a, a limited number of processes or practices that you can be. Um, you don't go through all that and then go, oh, but there are these five ways that people present themselves or they work in the world, so I've got to now try and mash it into one of those. Like, no, please, no. <laughs> carry, carry it through. Like, be creative at every level because that's it reaps the most incredible rewards it's it's not easy it's not easy michelle you know what though i'm sorry but none of it's if you're an artist like it's not easy it's it is uncertain all of it's uncertain but it's un, mm. i haven't found a path that isn't uncertain like the good mm-hmm, stuff comes mm-hmm. from uncertainty because the rewards are just so much higher as well mm. but i think that our our perspective and again this is where i think selling Uh, And speaking into that a little bit more, we can probably do for another time, but we get really zoomed into, well, these are the five ways that our art fits into the selling world. And Mm. therefore, if it doesn't fit into this mold, it's not going to work. That's definitely not true. It's way bigger. It's way, way, way bigger. It's global. It's bigger. There's just some amazing things happening. And um, yeah, I just think people are really, people are also 
I think really waiting for unique things. I think that the world mm-hmm. has been such a, and I'm I'm just going to speak into this a little bit, whether we want to continue this conversation another time. But I think the world is kind of a little tired of the mass consumerism, mass mm-hmm. market. Um, you know, like everybody buys the same thing and looks the same, and you know, the same, 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 same. I think that the world is looking for more personal, authentic experiences, and our art is one of those things that speaks to that. Yeah. And so, and speaking here from my experience as an artist and conversations we've had in that context, unrecorded conversations, um, when you get to a point where (laughs) I actually, I get to a point where I said to Michelle, I'm trying to look for examples of this, of, you know, after coming through levels of development and and getting clearer and clearer about this kind of path I wanted to explore and, you know, bringing back elements of myself as an artist that I hadn't, hadn't been considering for years. And I said to Michelle, I'm looking around and I'm just trying to find some work that... Um, looks like what I'm thinking of to like give me some ideas but I can't I literally can't do you have any suggestions I can't google work that looks like this and she's like well that's the best if you can't find work that looks like that then you need to make it so here's the beautiful thing you differentiate yourself in the market and the only place to buy it is from you that is a really Mm. cool thing that that to me is like the best and you know speaking into big brands again like the ones who do it really well you can only buy it from them i think this is coming back around in a beautiful way to something uh that we said earlier about people perhaps having a perception or a judgment that um being an artist is just all about fun and it's not real work and self that needing this space and all the things that we've talked about is self-indulgent well, it is fun, actually. It is fun, but it is also work. <laughs> it is work. And the price we pay for uncertainty, huh? Not everybody yeah, wants to go through that. Exactly. And the the funny thing is that what may be a common perception of what makes something worthwhile and makes something, I'm putting in air quotes, what makes something count as real work um, is that kind of monetary value at the end or the perception of value in a marketplace which it's not in its entirety but it's a a really funny paradox perhaps that it is that earlier work that you put in which can be perceived as thumb twiddling it's the richness of the inner work and the really putting the time in Um, and the space and the effort which might not always be recognized of that rich creative beginnings which takes you along this path to what we've just ended up at which is this really the the, a truly unique offering something that that is actually valuable and will will be highly valued in one way or another it's a full circle kind of moment yeah well that's it is and and it's it is one of those things like it is it is harder work to dig deeper i suppose in the sense of you know there's more internal work there is more personal development work but the rewards are higher Mm -hmm. you know you're more unique you're more satisfied and when the market rewards you for that because you are unique it's a win-win thanks for joining us today 
We would love to hear your thoughts about the essential work of an artist and navigating uncertainty in the creative process. So do come by and drop us a comment on Instagram at unearthingart and you'll find all of our other links in the show notes. Catch you next time. Mm-hmm.